welcome to day two of the podcast coming to you from the Devoted Leaders Conference held for the first time at King's Church Darlington. I'm Jill Jackson and I'm in conversation this morning with Natalie Williams. Good morning, Natalie. Hello, it's great to be with you. Natalie grew up in a working class family in the deprived but beautiful seaside town of Hastings, which the Daily Mail once called Hell on Sea, but is actually apparently quite lovely. She encountered the wonderful mercy of God at 15 and it has utterly transformed her. Natalie used to be a journalist but uh, for over 10 years, but she's been involved with Jubilee Plus, a Christian charity which was started by New Frontiers, and she recently took over the role of CEO from the founder Martin Charlesworth. Natalie loves the mercy of Jesus and is passionate about churches being a force for good in their communities, tackling poverty and injustice. She also believes churches should be places where people from the poorest backgrounds are welcomed and included. So Natalie, my geography is not brilliant, but I know Hastings is on the south coast for various reasons, and yet you are part of the Christ Central team. So can you tell me why you're part of the Christ Central team living so far south? Well, I think there are a few Christ Central churches um, in more southern parts of the country. But actually, to be honest, the reason I'm on the team is uh, friendship and relationships. So I've known Jeremy and Anne for a really long time. They're from Hastings originally. I was actually bridesmaid at Jeremy's sister's wedding. Wow. Um, so we go back quite a long way. And I think they would say they've seen me kind of emerge into leadership. And as I've taken on the leadership of Jubilee Plus, we started I started coming in on some team meetings just to help where I could. And then they asked me to join the team. So it's a real privilege to be part of it. Great. Now, we've got a long association way, way back, actually, in Darlington um, with people like some of the listeners might remember John Groves. And um, a bit more recently, um, Andrew Bunt, who did a kind of gap year leadership course with us, went on to um, go to university. But worshipped here and was part of the thing here. We benefited so much from his teaching and stuff. I presume you know Andrew as well. Andrew and I are on the same leadership team in Hastings. And in fact, John Groves was the lead elder in Hastings when I got saved. So yeah, I know both John and Andrew really, really well. Count them as friends. That's lovely because we've got a very warm relationship with both of them. It's It's good to know. Now, Jubilee Plus, could you explain to people who don't know what that is? what this um, whole charity is about. Yeah, sure. So Jubilee Plus was actually started in New Frontiers about 12 years ago to help our churches in the UK to uh, be more proactive about tackling poverty in our communities and coming alongside some of the poorest, the most vulnerable and marginalised in our actual communities. Because a lot of our churches were really good at Uh, thinking about poverty when it was overseas, maybe sending money, sending teams and so on. But after the global financial crash in 2008, then recession and the era of austerity, there was a lot more poverty or a lot more awareness of poverty in our own communities. So we were set up to help our churches here uh, to kind of support people on a local level. And that's grown over the last 12 years. But today it's still pretty much what we do. We equip churches like yours, like mine, to be on the front foot in bringing 
what I believe is a central part of the gospel that actually wherever yeah. the kingdom of God comes, people should be lifted out of poverty. It goes beyond even just help at their point of crisis, although that's important, but to actually seeing people raised up out of poverty, which is, you know, some of my own story, as you know. So yeah, that's, that's what we're about. And we do that in a variety of ways um, across the nation. That's great. And it's the right thing for the right church in the right areas, isn't it? So for instance, here we've got a function recycling um, scheme, which is run by Tom. Um, we've also got the food bank and then we have a number of like mental health and other charities, that things that, that, that go on in the church that are helping. But I think we've seen an explosion in the number of people who now need help. Certainly the food bank has here. Is that the case nationwide, Natalie? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Even um, in 2019, Jubilee Plus brought out a booklet called A Deepening Crisis, where we were basically trying to say to the churches, uh, both in New Frontiers and actually outside of New Frontiers now as well, that we believe that the lives of the poorest were going to become harder. Now, we didn't really know why. We just uh, we were hearing it from our prophetic friends. We were sensing it ourselves. We brought out this booklet saying a deepening crisis, but we put a question mark on the end because we thought, how do we know? Like, why is it going to happen? We couldn't really see it coming because employment figures were up. Um, the era of austerity was over. Yeah. But yeah, we, we, we felt this prophetic sense it was coming. And then of course the pandemic hit just a few months later. And then on the back of that, the cost of living crisis. So what we're seeing across communities all around the UK at the moment is, Poverty is going up and a lot of churches have been doing a lot for a long time. So the question now is, do we just need to all do more or actually are there more strategic ways? Or should we change our thinking slightly? What does it look like for us as Christians to be mercy bringers in our communities? I think that's because otherwise you get volunteer fatigue and we've got um, quite a lot of older members now who volunteered in their 60s when they had some free time after they retired. But, you know, you're now looking at them in their 70s and 80s and younger people coming through, pressure of jobs. It, you've got to re-examine these things sometimes, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, and to be honest, I believe it's a discipleship issue. And, and although what we've done in the last decade or so has been brilliant, and I love projects, uh, I, I, I'm all for projects in churches. Actually, the truth is that we need to see every Christian mobilised to be growing in compassion, mercy, concern about justice, their own yeah. personal generosity, kindness, and so on, because that's actually just becoming more and more like Jesus. That's not something that's for some Christians and not for others. Yeah, it's for all of us. Exactly. And yeah. With projects, it kind of can become a department of church life. And we don't believe that's what it should be. I don't believe that's what it should be. I, I think it's an essential part of following Jesus. That's, that, that's absolutely great. I think for my own kind of journey in that, I did the overseas thing for years. But then my dad was very much involved in working with groups in, in things. And the sustainability of projects only relies on the people locally, absolutely getting behind and being part of it and the people who were once perhaps clients of things becoming the leaders of the the project themselves and actually um you know finding a future themselves building their own lives up as well 
Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I think that's the fullness of God's vision in Isaiah 61 is not, it's, it goes much further than just immediate crisis support. It goes to seeing people raised up. It says that the poor, they're the ones who will become the oaks of righteousness. They're the ones who will become the rebu- rebuilders, renewers and restorers. And again, that's partly my own story too. And it's something I'm very, very passionate about. We want to see people come all the way through, not just yeah. constantly fearing falling back into poverty, but raised up and lifting others out of poverty too. Now, I know there is a north-south divide. I think living in the northeast, we just, we know that, you know, we, we live on the edge of some really poor areas that health-wise, economically, um, obviously big industry was here. And when that collapsed, nothing's really replaced it. You know, smaller firms have come in, but tech and stuff hasn't come here. I know the government are trying to do some sort of balancing, but I think we're so far behind in terms of where people are at. Um, so I think we've got big challenges in the northeast. I'm not saying you haven't elsewhere, but um, what would you what would you say to encourage people? Yeah, well, I think I absolutely think there is that north-south divide. But it's funny because Hastings, where I am, is actually more like a northern place that's got forgotten. We're surrounded by a lot of wealth and affluence, but we're actually the 13th most deprived part of the country. Wow. So we have a lot more in common with you probably than right. actually a lot of the places around us in the sort of leafy Sussex and Kent and all that. But I think my encouragement would be that God cares especially about the poorest So actually for churches where you're based in the midst of poverty, there are so many promises in the Bible that we need to actually actively go after and claim as our own because God says that when we spend ourselves on behalf of the poor, actually in Isaiah 58, when we pour out our time, our energy, our emotion, our finances and and whatever into helping the poorest, that then he'll be like our rear guard, our gloom will be like the noonday sun, our healing will come, we will be satisfied um, in him. There's so many promises and I don't necessarily understand all the theology behind it, but what I do know is that God cares about those in poverty and when we as his people do that too he pours out more and more mercy upon us as we pour out more and more mercy upon others and that's that's a new testament thing too because jesus said blessed are the merciful for they shall be shown mercy mercy. yeah that's that's great i think i've sometimes i'm challenged on that that i make value judgments about people and god's really brought me upon that recently with you know what i give to and you know sort of being i suppose I do the Acts 435 thing and often I do the things in the Northeast and I thought, why am I just giving to people who need a washing machine or give the, why am I not doing the debt relief ones? What is it about me making a judgment on those people? And God's brought me up about that, that to show mercy is not to judge. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I always say, to be honest with you, if your church ran a discipleship course on how to be judgmental, I wouldn't need to go on it. No. I find that it comes quite naturally to me. I don't have to make any effort. It just happens. Totally. But being merciful, and the Bible says mercy triumphs over judgment. Being merciful means I've got to put effort in. I need to lean hard. I need to look at the character of God. I need to reflect on all he's done in my life that I didn't deserve. That Exactly. And- That's where the learning journey I've kind of had a whiz through that in the last couple of years, just really being challenged, you yeah. know, where I thought I was showing mercy and thought, no, I, I have done this all my life. It's like, oh, you've got so far to go, Jillian, in the rest of, you know, this, you've got so far to go in your judgment of people and what you think is, 
yeah. you know, the right way of doing something. I find the more I push into the mercy of God, the more I realise how judgmental I am. And the more I get the privilege of speaking and writing on these things, the more God's saying, what about that area in your heart? Or what about that attitude you've got? Or what about that group of people you're not so fond of? And even then, when we might have kind of tried to eradicate all our prejudices, even then, I think the last group that remains that we struggle with are those who aren't grateful for the help that they're given, those who don't say thank you. And, um, you know, I, I know people who serve in the food bank where I am who've said when someone doesn't say thank you, they want to go and almost take the food back off them and say, well, don't have it then. And I think that that is judgment. But, you know, Jesus says in Luke chapter six, he says, God is kind to the ungrateful and wicked I don't want to be kind to the ungrateful. That's not in my heart, but it is in the heart of God. It's just such a great verse. That. That's yeah. really good. Because you do, that. that's exactly, and I'm sure that's the furniture schemes kind of thing as well, that actually people don't actually say thank you. And I've, I've also seen food at the gates just dumped from the bags because they don't want to, you know, they've got something healthy in their bag and they don't want it. They just dump what they don't want and you think, Oh my goodness me, you're wasting it. But actually, you're right. It's not how God looks at people. No, God is way more merciful yeah. than we are and thank him for that. Well, it's. I know that your um, seminar will probably be brilliant. Um, I hope that goes really, really well. Thank you. And um, thank you for talking to us today. I will let you have a quick comfort break before you get back in the meeting, Natalie. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So I've grabbed another lady, her uh, name is Sue. Sue, where'd you come from and tell us a bit about yourself? Um, I'm with Jubilee Church Teesside. In my day job, I run a charity in Middlesbrough called the Hope Foundation. Um, and I've just come to, to feed really and to learn a bit more and enjoy the worship and just meet with God. And uh, who are you looking forward to hearing from most? I might upset someone. Um, I know. I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to Terry tomorrow night um, and Natalie Williams as well because the uh, social outreach work and the way she works with the work is very similar to, to what we do. So I'm interested to see what her insights are. Thank you very much, Sue. Chris Frost has worked full-time for Gateway Church Leeds since 2008 and more recently began leading the team there. He's passionate about out leading their community into wider kingdom influence both locally, nationally and internationally. He and his wife Jo have two children and are passionate about intimacy with Jesus, eating out and enjoy family adventures. So now I'm going to welcome Chris Frost to the studio Welcome, Chris. Good, Good to, to see you. Good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Now, you're from Leeds, Gateway Leeds, mm -hmm. and you've just taken over the kind of more recently the leadership of that. I understand the leadership of the team there. So what's who does your team consist of there? Right, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think it was actually seven years ago. Um, oh, was it? I think you probably need so some updating. Uh, well, <laughs> bad news, Christ Central website needs <laughs> <Yeah>. updating. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, yeah, there, there's a great uh, wide team and then there's a team of elders um, that I lead. And um, um, yeah, there's there's uh, five of us 
and uh yeah we've been working together for quite a few years now um so yeah i really enjoy doing that so how big's the church then in leeds um number wise uh we're around about the 200 uh number um yeah cool now you got on your also on the website so this may not be up to date <laughs> too. it said that you are passionate about leading your community so i pres- presume this is the gateway community mm. um to kingdom influence both locally mm nationally mm-hmm. and internationally can we get just drill down into that a little bit about how those three aspects of that work out so locally first yeah great yes i mean it's kind of um straight from our vision statement if you like <laughs> which is uh, we, we exist to love jesus and love people by knowing him and making him known and god is growing us into an all sorts family from across leeds that impacts woodhouse the city and the nations mm-hmm. and that kind of idea of jerusalem judea samaria into the world and it, anything that we do internationally or globally needs to start locally um and so yeah locally uh, i serve as a local uh, governor at the local primary school and uh, we have wonderful links with the community um it was a few years ago now uh, every year in our church we used to do a thank you for serving evening where we'd celebrate um all our church family and thank them for serving but a few years ago we thought actually why don't we just thank our local community for all the amazing things wow they do. what a great idea and so we invited in business leaders uh, local charities local schools local colleges local university and just thanked them um, with no agenda gave them a good meal some awards um and so that and other things have, have spurred some great connections in the local community and we really are there to serve it and we 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 would like if you like if we were to go we'd like our community to feel it and we want to bless our local community so that that's kind of woodhouse and then the, the city and the nation um a lot of that comes through my role in terms of just serving other churches as part of the christ central team um but i think one of the the things god seems to be blowing on a little bit at the moment is is a project we we initiated it called one objection and so uh, again started locally where we asked over 300 people locally if you had to have just one objection to the christian faith what would it be and then we Great. took the top three answers and and responded to those on sundays and uh, now other churches are starting to pick that up as a sto- as a tool almost like a pre-alpha uh, which can help engage people thinking through why they believe what they believe how did you do that through a questionnaire or yeah so online uh, there's a website oneobjection.com um and then uh, through facebook face-to-face surveys, Facebook surveys, all that kind of thing. And you thing. got good engagement through that. Yeah, I think so. I think even just the asking of the question to our friends and family, it really gets the old ticker going. And people often, I think, discover some of the things they think actually have quite sandy foundations to them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and so hopefully as Christians, we thought through why we believe what we believe. We, we've looked at the evidence and we've realized that, yes, our faith is a faith, but it is a rational faith um, because it's true. It stands up to scrutiny. Um, so that's... Uh, that's it sounds like, that sounds like a really good tool. Oh, thank you. Now, internationally, hmm. where in the world... Sure. Yeah. So uh, again, as part of the the kind of Christ Central Apostolic team, um, serving in, in different contexts in different ways. Um, but locally, for us as a church, um, we have connections into India, China, and Uganda. They're the kind of three nations that God's put on our heart for this season. 
Um, so we're sending a team uh, this September again back out to Uganda. There's uh, 14 churches in northern Uganda that uh, a couple in our church, Anthony and Faith, put us onto and connected us with, and they're looking to join Christ Central. Um, so that's been a real excitement. Um, India, there's a historic uh, partnership that I have with a lady there called Janaki, who's planted uh, just gone 100 churches in India, which is wow. phenomenal. Um, and then uh, there's, there's another partnership um, that we have with a, a, ch- a church in Beijing, uh, in China. And um, we've we've hosted interns from there and we've been over there. And that, that's a very large church and it's just uh, great to be part of of serving that and being served by them too. Oh, that's that sounds great. Mm. Yeah, um, listeners from Kings, mm. we're just getting involved in a charity in Uganda mm. called Soul Hope. Oh, great! Which is um to provide shoes with children to prevent jiggers. Wow! Which is a very simple idea, mm. but um, there's a couple in our church heading up the that ministry which we're embarking on. Isn't that we've, Yeah, before now we've helped a. Um, a, another place out there with um, an orphanage. Wow. So, yeah, so we, we've got links with the Uganda as well, which has just started, actually. It's great just, for churches to look outwards, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. I was just sharing last night with my friend, you know, I have a pair of shoes for two types of pairs of shoes for football, a different pair of shoes for hiking, a different pair of shoes for this, this, this. And it just breaks my heart that brothers and sisters in other nations don't have one pair of shoes. Yeah. So I just think that's wonderful that you're doing that. It's a really simple idea of taking mm. denim jeans mm. and we cut a pattern out mm. and so it's all recycled, which is great. And then they use car tyres to make the soles and the um, straps of them. And um, they're made out in Uganda so local people are employed and wonderful. can continue it. So we just collect the jeans basically. Brilliant. Which Loads of people got more than one pair of jeans and they can be used whatever state they're in because we can just do that. So we just embarked on that, which is great. Fantastic. Simple idea for a solution. Something. Absolutely. Yeah, really good. Um, so you sound like a really busy man because <laughs> you're leading a team in Leeds. Mm. You've got your local work. Mm. You've got like influences nationally and then internationally. Mm. But you are married. Mm. And how old are your children? Nine and 11. Yeah. Right, so they're that age where they need the dad. Mm. So how do you balance church life and family life? What's your secret? Uh, yeah. People would like to know this no, sort of thing. I think learning in progress. Um, I, I don't think I'm a superman by by any means. And so I think so much of what I've explained and expressed that we're involved in is very much team and very much. Um, so, for example, I'm not going to Uganda in September. We're, we're sending a team. Excellent. But it's not me. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's so important. Um, and, and again, I think it's just trying to adjust to the different phases of family life. I think you go through different phases where there's different uh, abilities and, and different capacities and trying to respond and keep those channels of communication open and plan well uh, and see what is what your family has faith for, not just what you've got faith for. Um, and so I think communication is a key uh, expectation. So resulting from that communication, you know, Okay, I th- I feel like God's got this for me and for us. You know, how yeah. can we how can, how can we work, work that? that work out and practice? That's right. I think yeah. th- there's two like kind of dangers. One is you just. I remember one uh, African brother saying to us that the greatest challenge he sees in the UK church is that our life, our lives are dictated by our children. And there is that danger, I think, that actually, you know, we don't do what God says, we do what our kids say. <laughs> but then the, the other extreme danger um, is is that. Um, 
you're you're not at home exactly because not, there's so not, many meetings dad was never there to put us to bed that's right yeah not a present dad yeah. yeah and even the danger of being present but not present yes and so being in the room but your head's heads elsewhere elsewhere or you're on the computer or texting exactly people. so trying yeah. to involve kids in the sense of calling and mission that we have together as a family. That's great. So involving. So one of the things I, I like to boast about is my daughter. She wants, we had this prophetic uh, evening, uh, morning, sorry, and she just got this uh, prophetic word and she painted it. A lady comes in and she just sees that painting, uh, Leslie, who's on our team at Leeds, and just connected with God very, very powerfully for when she saw that picture. She then felt so inspired by it. She got photocopies made of this, lovely cards made of it. That card's now gone into three or four different nations, several churches around the UK. And we'd be able to say, look to my daughter, when you hear God, this happens. This happens. And so trying to involve the whole family on mission rather than this super dad going and doing everything. Yeah. So I love just, I love when my wife preaches and I can just sit back and listen to her and look after the kids, trying to be a family on a mission rather than a superhero. Yeah, that's so, really yeah. wise words because, mm. I don't think leaders always got it right in the past. No. So what does the future hold for you, Chris? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know. I think the book of James tells us that, you know, don't say I'm going to do this and that, you know, I think uh, trying to just follow Jesus and, um, and I want to just serve him in the best way that I can with what he's given me. And so I just trust him to open up the right doors and the right time and the right place and, and, and genuinely try and follow him. Right. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the key. <laughs> um, one last thing, our listeners will, some of them will remember David Lloyd. Mm. And I think he's on your team. He is, yeah. I saw you he two is. connecting yesterday. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's really good that he's, uh, you know, settled there and really, obviously, he's a GP, so he's a busy man. Yes. But did you do um, work with the team in, in what area? David and Pippa and, and the kids are just such a blessing to us as a church. Um, we love them so much. So thank you, Darlington Church, thank for you. all your uh, mothering and fathering of, of David. Um, yeah, he, he's such a blessing to the church. He's, he's an elder um, and David and Pippa uh, lead the whole worship ministry for the whole church, which is pretty massive um, a project to run while indeed both of them have very uh, demanding jobs. Um, and so we're so grateful, grateful for their, for That's their great. input. Yeah. Right. I bet it's lunchtime for you. Thank you so much for oh, joining us, Chris. Yeah. God bless That's you. That's great. And you. I've come out to the car park and I'm with Diraj. Diraj, why did you decide to volunteer today? Uh, yeah, it's a wonderful opportunity to serve God. And uh, I feel it is a wonderful time to be with uh, friends and families over here to enjoy and mainly to serve the God. Thank you. Excellent. Good weather today, dear Raj. Are you helping tomorrow if it rains? Uh, I will be, yes. Not in the morning, but uh, yeah, it's from the afternoon. Great. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you. here with John Davey who comes from the Gateway Church Leeds. Good to meet you John. And to meet you. Um, Now you are have a a recent role I think um, for climate change. How did that come about? Well for me this started in 2019 at the last in-person devoted where I went to Martin Charlesworth seminar on the environment 
up to that time, I'd always believed that this was an important issue, but never felt I should be very involved in it. Right. I came away from that feeling this was really, really important that we have to engage with it. Spent a few months reading, praying, writing about it, and eventually talked to the elders in Gateway Church, say we need to take this seriously, and yeah. they agreed. Um, later in the year, as a result of that, we that was in 2020, we made a, a recognition of a climate emergency. In that, we were inspired by what Tia Fung were about to bring out, a climate emergency toolkit. Yes, yeah. Um, and so uh, that's really how I got into this. Uh, I mean, in Gateway, we're still trying to work through against the background of many other things that are happening. We're trying to work through what it means for us as a church now to 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 live faithfully for Jesus in the light of his kingdom in the surrounding context of a, a climate and uh, environmental situation that is not good. That's That's great. So you are part of a team at Leeds and you're heading up the kind of element the climate bit element and that that thing but in Christ Central um do you have any other role well in Christ Central uh, a little bit after that time early, early last year Jeremy Simpkins asked me if I would start a new apostolic initiative team to uh approach this whole issue for the for the network of churches as a whole and so uh so far we've had a small team developed and I'm leading that I think it was out of that that a couple of our church were appointed as um, kind of the ambassadors or to head up the idea in, in our church as well. That's King's Darlington. Uh, they're a younger couple who are passionate about sort of these sort of things. And there's a family actually really engaged with it, um, but are finding it difficult to get other people on board. What would you say to um, the two of them to help them out? Well, I think that... This is quite a common phenomenon that I think we all of us know there's something going on there that we really need to give consideration to, but there's all kinds of reasons why other things take our attention. Yes. What I would say is, first of all, um, this is real. We, We need to persevere. This is ultimately about being faithful to Jesus in our whole lives. Uh, I would encourage him for the church to keep talking to the elders because if the church as a whole is going to embrace the reality of seeking God's kingdom in this aspect, it needs to be something that the elders take a lead in uh, and make space for and teach into. Yes, that's a, I think that's a wise way of going about it. I think we held a, I know they held a home group, a small group that was just dedicated for people who wanted to come along and learn a little bit more but that are beginning to learn it's more than just we get the right stuff on church premises that recycles and, and, and all the rest of it. It's wider than that, isn't it? Well, there's there's multiple levels at which this works. I think there's there's obviously the, the lifestyle issue for the church and for individuals. I think for individuals it's important partly just for our integrity. For instance, if, oh, if so we recognise our yeah. overconsumption is, is contributing contribu- to a worldwide yeah. problem, then we ha- need to be responsible in terms of our consumption. Yes. Um, I think also uh, lots, you know, lots of drops of water will ultimately make an ocean and it needs many people to, to, to be willing to change their lifestyle if it's going to be viable for our nation as a whole. 
So I think there, and I think also that the more that we commit ourselves to obeying any aspect of truth that we grasp, we grow in that truth through our obedience. But if we don't obey, we actually lose the truth that we had. Yeah. Um, so I think for personal growth, it's important too. Yeah. But beyond that, uh, I think we can speak in our community situations, in our work or wherever. We can encourage others. And I think we still recognize that there is a, an issue that however much we do individually, big decisions are made by big corporations and governments. And currently, although there's a lot of green talk around, most of it is just talk. It's talk, yeah, yeah. And some of us at least need to be willing to challenge the powers that be in this area as in any other areas. Of yes. unrighteousness. Yeah, and a joined up approach to yeah. changing policy at government level. And that's not every, I don't think that's everybody's role. No. Uh, it's very demanding to get involved in some kind of campaigning on a, a specific issue. But I think we can support one another in that. We can pray for those who are involved. And, and just as we pray for any other challenge we face, like we prayed about COVID a lot, so I believe it is totally valid for us as believers to pray for God's kingdom to come in this area too. Now, I know there's a lot of organisations out there that also are engaged in uh, similar issues, um, both locally and nationally. Do you work in partnership with any of the uh, national or international organisations? Well, indeed, you, you say rightly, uh, there's many organisations that are working in this area many of them for much longer than we have. You know, we're quite late to the party, yes, really. Yeah. And so there's a humility here that says, you know, let's learn from others, let's work with others. Um, so in Creation Call, uh, we set this as one of our principles from the beginning. So we partner with Tier Fund, and a, a Tier Fund staff member is a, an associate member of our team. We partner with the Christian environmental organisation, Arosha, and one of their staff members is an associate member of our team. And we have also, in a measure, partnered with other uh, organizations within Christ Central. Uh, so School of Leadership put on a module that came out of discussion with us that's Excellent. been advertised here. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Bread Trust, which uh, serves Ukraine and Zambia particularly. Right. We've, we've, we've talked with him quite a bit because, in fact... Uh, the challenges that our churches in Zambia are facing in terms of food security are at least partially rooted in climate change. Of course they are. What so, we do in the West has a huge effect absolutely. on other continents. So we're trying to partner, not with everybody, you can't partner with everybody, but with key people both within our own network and outside. So do you recycle at home, John? We do. Uh, not totally effectively but we we work on it uh um, my wife was very good on this quite a while back also in terms of plastic reduction that was going to be my second question yeah we can't reduce plastic in our lives totally the world is full of plastic but single-use plastic are you working hard on that we, we are in it like as just one example about three years ago now before even i was thinking really about this my wife was saying we got to stop using cling film and we found ways around Oh, it. I'm on your wife's side there. I banned the use of it in my household about three years ago. And when yeah. it's gone, it's gone. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so unfortunately, the shopping patterns that we have make it quite hard 
to get rid of this, we, we actually get some of our uh, shopping through a zero waste company. Yes. So there's no packaging wasted on that, but we can't get it down to zero yet. No, I don't think anybody can at the moment, but it's something to work towards for Indeed. all of us, isn't it? And also look at our consumption of, of what we have here in terms of all sorts of resources. John, it's really good to talk to you today. Before we get back into the afternoon meetings, you've got a chance for a quick tea break. Thank you very much for talking to us. Thank you. As our conference draws to a close, we've brought you some flavour of the conference with speakers from all sorts of backgrounds, with all sorts of different ideas. It's been great from our point of view just to drill down a little bit into their stories and what they're about. But never forget, they're just people who are used by God. What is God causing you to do in your life? And who knows who we'll interview next year if we're given the conference again. Thank you for listening.